Parsons ahead of the play. A breakaway for the rookie. Goes! A rocket off the stick of Pedersen. Wow. What a set of mitts by Pedersen. Here's Pedersen scores! Welcome everybody back to the Area 51 Hockey Podcast, now brought to you by High Stick Vodka, a double gold premium Canadian vodka distilled in Alberta and bottled here in Kelowna. We're very excited to announce them as a sponsor. Uh, This is kind of our first, first episode with them brought on board here. And I know I've been brainstorming and looking up different recipes and trying to debate which one is going to be my first uh, with high stick vodka? Uh, we've been, I know a lot of us are vodka fans and have been drinking vodka for a long time, but when we were kind of looking at different sponsors, I don't think either one of us, Malcolm, thought we were going to get something so high end and so nice as, as high stick, uh, st- high sticks product. Yeah, I feel classier already just having them in our bio. I know, me too. We're all trimmed up and now we're classy, feeling good uh, with high stick vodka. So um, we're rare and ready to go. We're taking on the blues. We're in the playoffs. There's a lot of good things happening right now. Yeah, playoffs, baby. You know, it was great to get uh, that win against Minnesota to close them out uh, in just four games to give us a little bit of extra break uh, to show, you know, that closeout ability. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of positive things to take from that Minnesota series. So, yeah, it, you know, great to get that win. And now we're moving on. And we were 31 seconds away from having, I think, a far better opponent. Uh, we're recording this a couple hours after that game. So I've had a little bit of time to calm down, but not a lot. Uh, <laughs> it would have been a, a far different series. And the ownership battle, too, would have just been so epic between the two of them. So that's it's a it's definitely a missed opportunity and uh, not as favorable a matchup to go against the defending Stanley Cup champions, a team that essentially has their entire roster back from last year, uh, with the notable exception of a I'd say an upgrade now from Falk, uh, from Edmondson, uh, you know with that year of playoff experience they know what it's like to get it done that you know they were successful all year without Tarasenko too, uh, who's just getting back into their lineup. So they're they're a dangerous team, a dangerous opponent to meet in the playoffs. Uh, historically, we're three and zero against them, though. So you know there's some historical backing if that means anything at all. Uh, but yeah, here here we go. Uh, I, don't look up their th- bottom pairing defensemen compared to ours, or it'll give you nightmares. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, on paper, I don't think there's anybody that's out there saying that the blues are a good matchup for the Canucks. Like blues are, you said that far and away. (laughs) No, but on paper, I do like the matchup and I'll explain why, but uh, on paper. Yeah. Sell me, Sean. Tell me, tell me why you are somewhat hopeful about this matchup because I guess I'll, I'll be doom and gloom again today here, even though I'm trying my best to be positive. And pick's gone. I'm over it. You know, now it's about making that as uh, you know deep a pick as possible. 
you know, into the 20s if we can win at least a round and get that, in, you know, in the mid to late 20s if we can win two, that would be huge. And I just can't wait to, you know, if that happens to open my mentions and just have people flooding it with people telling me, I told, you know, I told you so and you're an idiot and, you know, bringing <laughs> up receipts of my, you know, early tweets hating on the JT Miller trade. I welcome it. I would be so thrilled. Uh, so bring them on, uh, you know, assuming we went around. Now, however, I'll, yeah, I guess I'll just get up my points here and then I'll let you counter. This was the nightmare scenario that I was talking about. I think we all thought, you know, we're going to get past mini, you know, maybe a five game series. And it was, you know, frankly, easier than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but then if we potentially lose this series, is that enough to now be picking? Because, of course, again, the second round pick is gone as well. Uh, and, you know, roughly 75th overall as a team, you know, entering its window to contend, you know, in a word, no. Uh, but, you know, tell me tell me why I'm wrong and tell me why I should have hope against the Blues here. Well, I, I like, first off, I'll touch on the JT Miller trade because this is such a unique position for the Canucks. And we've been talking about it all year, obviously, pretty heatedly um, on both ends where people are, humongous advocates for the trade being great from the get-go some saying it's not great from the get-go but ultimately the Canucks are in a position here where they can make that trade better by playing really well and winning a series winning a second series going as far as they can in the playoffs here and that's that's a really unique position for the Canucks to be in right now I would say it looks good if they get through the first round like you said and that is going to be tough against the Blues, but uh, like on paper, obviously the Blues are much better, deeper, experienced, you name it, they're the nightmare to face. But the Canucks historically match up really well against them. Uh, 2-0-1 over the season. Uh, of course, the one loss coming in that... Without Tarasenko. That, without Tarasenko, yeah. But also, I really like the matchup of Pedersen and Bennington not just for storylines, uh, of course, of the the Calder Clash 2.0, but like these fans are going to be right into it. They're going to hate each other. There's already memes flooding uh, Twitter right now as we speak, and I think that the the boys are going to be ready to go for this. And I mean that's going to work both ways, obviously. But the Canucks are they've surprised me in the first round with just how willing they are to to go in and play dirty hockey. And I think that's the biggest thing that you want to see out of a young team is is their willingness to get to the dirty areas, to do the the hard work and not back down from from hard-fought physical battles that we'll find in the playoffs. And a big part of that, which I never thought I'd ever say this, was led by the likes of guys like Brandon Sutter and Jay Beagle. And as much as I didn't like his undisciplined uh, play, Tyler Myers played very physical as well. And I, I th- I'm very pleasantly surprised to be sitting here talking about how well they played in the series and that they were a massive component to them uh, carrying the Canucks past the wild. And... You know, the, the physical play that they brought and the intensity that they brought, there's there's a lot to be really excited about out of that play. And then watching what the Blues had done through their round robin was really uninspiring to me. Like, if, I, if I'm a Blues fan and I'm watching them kind of just fall through all three games, 
in the round robin really lackluster as they did, I I'm worried. I'm really worried playing a Canucks team that's revved up after after making the playoffs for the first time in five years. But in this crucial one game to decide your opponent, they played their backup goaltender out of choice. They clearly, I think, have had a exhibition as really all the play or sorry the round robin teams have in this series. They've clearly taken an exhibition approach. And, you know, again, going back to the regular season, too, you know, when you're, if, if these weren't the defending cup winners, I think those points would be a little bit more valid. But once you've gone through the playoffs and you've won 16 games, you know what kind of grind that is. And it's hard to get up against, you know, game 36 versus the Vancouver Canucks, especially, again, without their best player, I'm going to say it, in Tarasenko. And... So, and, and I, but I think actually you made a couple really good points there. Both the JT Miller trade, my last comment on that here at least, is we have cemented the fact that we have not lost that trade. And that was certainly a risk by trading away a future first round pick. You know, just ask the Ottawa Senators, just ask the San Jose Sharks. You know, that can end in absolute disaster. So crystallizing that trade and knowing that really we can't lose it at this point is a huge win for us so so we should note that and then touching on what you were saying with you know some of the surprising good players and impact players in our last series versus minnesota you know maybe now they're not so untradeable you know no one's suggesting we're going to get any kind of significant asset back for a louis erickson a sutter a beagle a roussel a a bear tree obviously who's still sitting there as a bad cap hit but Maybe it won't be quite as costly to trade them now. Maybe, you know, it's, it doesn't cost, uh, you know, apparently the reported asks previously have been guys like uh, Gaudet and guys like Rafferty, who rightly we, you know, have no interest in trading in, in something like that. Or again, another future top round pick, which I think anyone who's ever listened to me here or uh, read my Twitter <laughs> feed, I am very much against. So, you know, that is a significant win here because of course all the gms they're not you know they're not coaching their teams they're not doing anything else they really i i expect all of them are watching all these games you know and when they're not watching east coast teams or watching west coast teams so having guys you know like louis erickson specifically he's the one that you know is one with a bullet that we'd love to move out and if he can be a serviceable player because again his actual dollars left on his contract is significantly less than his cap hit so there may be a team you know in financial distress next year because of all this COVID bullshit that goes you know what if he can at least be a player for us a bit of a leader veteran presence at least and do the little things well that are important and will allow them to you know play their kids and prospects in a more sheltered environment and allow the Louis Erickson's or the Brandon Sutter's to, you know, play PK or, you know, handle the defensive responsibilities, you know, there may be some teams interested in that. Uh, so, you know, maybe we're not talking, you know, first or, you know, multiple first round picks to get away out of a, a Louis Erickson contract if, you know, you use the Marlowe deal last year as any kind of measuring stick. So, you know, that's a, that's a real win for sure. Well, it's huge, and I know we were talking about that earlier, about how just surprising it was that they were playing so well, but just how big that is for the Canucks at this time of year. This is the time of year that it's going to be stuck in general managers' minds and pro scouts' minds is 
yeah, but remember when the games mattered most, what Brandon Sutter was like, and that's the kind of guy that we want in our team on our team. Or Jake, yeah, Jake Vertanen dropped the gloves right away. Yeah, like Jake Vertanen getting in with fire in his belly, like. And I know, like a lot of people, I, I've heard this a lot too, where people aren't wanting the Canucks to do exceptionally well because there's a lot of players up uh, at, the, at the end of their contracts after this season that they need to re-sign or, or make decisions on. And if they play really well, they'll want more cap or more money, which, you know what, that, that's a fair that's a fair point. But the thing is, the guys that are going to be, that are up at the end of the year weren't the guys that were standing out really blowing me away all that much, right? Like Vertanen's up, he played well, but you know what? He was I a healthy have, scratch and he was a hasn't healthy really scratch. done much. Yeah. And we've got him on kind of our trade board. Yeah, that one back check, though. Yes. Oh, man. God forbid <laughs> that anybody stop talking about the one back check. <laughs> Markstrom was fairly shaky in the yeah. closer, right? Uh, he's played well throughout the series, <clears throat> and, but and let those two goals that game four. Yeah, yeah. almost let those two goals against Fiala as well. Or sorry, no, yeah. did let in those two did goals against Fiala late yeah. in that game, and, and they almost climbed back. So... Yeah, you to know, fully hurt, not playing. I would, I would be approaching Markstrom yesterday and offering him another contract extension, and su- suggesting, you know, hey, there's there's some risk. You're not, you haven't been, uh, you know, regular you've season. Been, uh. <laughs> yeah, you've been. What's the? There's a word for it. A mediocre. Uh, yeah. That's the word. <laughs> you that's know what? Word. I would, I would love if they did that, just because. Knowing anything about Markstrom, that would piss him off so much that he would be Light lights out for this belly. next season, series, and they would just be fire next. And you know what? The big the big thing for the Canucks that is really exciting, aside from the veterans stepping up and actually kind of delivering what we expected or were promised, I guess, when we had them first arrive in Vancouver was the young kids playing so well. And and I loved watching Brock Besser's game uh, kind of evolve in front of us where he's been a monster in front of the net. Uh, he's picking up the dirty goals. He's he's carrying the puck with confidence. He's making these really, really high-confidence plays. Um, that's the Brock Besser we want. That's rookie season Brock Besser that's back. And if we can and, have and that did, with Pedersen and Hughes. how did this start too with Besser? It started with that Sakara's trade rumor that that pissed him off and lit a fire under his belly. So you know we talk so much about how these things negatively impact the players when they hear them. We know they hear them. You know we have Francisco tweeting and and making comments. We know that they're you know they hear from us. So but I don't hear a lot of people talking about the positive impact that it's having on these players. So. You know, hopefully these kind of things, you know, really do light a, a you know fire in their belly, and you know they they play like Brock did in that first series. Because hell, if uh, if that's how he plays after a trade rumor, I say we keep him on the block permanently. Right? Yeah. Well, and that's just it. Like I think a lot of people take any sort of crit- criticism as negativity or trying to demean or diminish what the team has done. It's not. It's it's setting the bar and setting our expectations high. We want the best from this team. We want this team to win. And exactly. I think if you are okay with anything less than that, 
then I would suggest that you aren't actually hoping for the best for this team. Like, if everything that has been done up to this point is good enough, then where are your standards? We've gone through five years of no playoffs. We've made it now. That is great. That is awesome. But we need to keep the ball rolling forwards. And it's how do we take this next step here and continue our run today but also next season not regress and the season after that we continue to progress and and that's ultimately where any criticism comes from is just being passionate and wanting the team to continue progressing because of talents like Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes who dominated that wild series uh, like watching Pettersson and Hughes dictate play was just a marvel to watch and I mean we, if we can light like a fire under JT Miller's belly or any one of these other guys to really step up and take that next elite level step, this is going to be a lot of fun. And I, I'm all here for, for going against the Blues. Like, I, I've come to terms with it. I wanted it. Um, I, I welcome this challenge. I think it's going to be a lot of fun playing against the Blues. Well, you know, JT is jacked up because I'm sure as much as, again, you know, he said it in interviews that he, you know, didn't even know what he was traded for. Again, you know, Francisco made that jab at the fans. You know, I think it was something like, uh, haven't heard a lot of critics of the JT Miller trade recently. So we know that they're talking about it and they have an opportunity to make that pick as worse as possible to make fans like me look like bigger idiots. And, you know, that should be a huge motivation to, you know, get these guys to go, you know, no, you know, you undervalued me. Look, look what I can do for you. And so I, I fully expect that. And, and, you know, I, I don't think there was any question even in the play-in series that JT Miller was fired up. If you saw that little clip of him reading the oh, lines man. out. Awesome. Yeah. Love that. You know, yeah. Been a, been a great push. So yeah, that, you know, that's all been fantastic stuff for sure. It's going to be fun to watch. I know, uh, like this is just one of many. Uh, great series that are being lined up as we speak right now the toronto columbus game is going uh last i checked columbus was up one nothing uh so hopefully we'll we'll see i don't know i this is where we were you and i are torn we want toronto to win this game but lose the series because that's the worst nightmare scenario right but i'm also i have the soft spot for columbus and i would love to watch this underdog team go on to destroy not just toronto but then tampa as well and just continue to mow through teams i think would be hilarious and i'd love yeah purely as a fan standpoint you got to be going for columbus here because of course they will play the lightning again so that is an ultimate revenge matchup that would be so heated so as an outsider it would be so much fun to watch and but then of course that means the Leafs lose and they're you know have that twelve and a half percent chance at Lafreniere and that is a nightmare nightmare scenario for me. Uh, I I you know if if they win Lafreniere that really opens up a lot of options to them. My big prediction shot call would be if that happens they'll trade Marner to the Avs for Byram and that frees up you know nearly eleven million in cap space. Well you know. 10 million in cap space because of course Byron comes in at a cost but gives them another elite defender on a entry-level deal uh, which would go a huge way for them so 
yeah, uh, as much as it just feels uncomfortable coming out of my, you know, go Leafs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's <laughs> doesn't feel right on the tongue, but go you Leafs. Just, you almost get that, like, vomit, like that acid feel in your throat, yeah. in your mouth. I don't like it. it. But, but, I uh, need some high stick vodka you. to wash it down. <laughs> Absolutely. Get rid of that taste. Well, I know uh, we kind of were talking, we gave little nicknames to each of the playoffs series here. But to me, the one that I really wanted to share was, of course, the Canucks one because I love this name so much. And it's the Pavel Dimitra Memorial Series. Uh, I mean, Pavel was incredible. Uh, loved when the Canucks went out and signed him. Loved what he was able to do on a line with Kessler and Sundin. That was a lot of fun to watch. And ultimately, um, like his career with with St. Louis and everywhere that he went was spectacular. Such a sudden and tragic end to that. Uh, so I, I, I feel like we have to dedicate this series to, to Demetra. It's, it's only right. Yeah. Both teams will, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's fair. Uh, and, uh, aside from that, we'll, we'll wrap up here. Uh, just really excited about our new partnership with high stick, the new playoff series. And, uh, I've, I wanted to end off here by sharing as well the the coupon code, the promo code for uh, Manscaped is Alien20. And I want to give that to Elliot Friedman. I really do. I see no. that beard. I, I love Team the beard, beard, but do you think the curtains match the drapes? I think. I think oh, we God. To... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I honestly, genuinely hadn't thought of that, you know? <laughs> Backcombed and everything. Yeah. My mind. Yeah. If anyone, all beard wearers know that that thing's juiced. He's backcombing that thing. He's got professionals making that thing just as bushy and burly as possible. But hey, good on him. Team beard. You know, everyone was talking about his, you know, his questionable hairstyles before. So distract him. Keep the beard going. You know what? I do like it better than BX's. I have to say, BX has like the the mutton it's a choice beard that's yeah. kind of popping out on the sides and yeah he needs a trim. His haircut I, I love you bxa but that's that's bad dude like that's that's worse than elliot's uh whole look before the beard i'll say before <laughs> beard because i'm a huge fan of the beard myself so <laughs> but on that lovely note <laughs> we'll yeah end, not gonna we'll top that <laughs> awesome well we got the the rematch calder match uh, from last year, and we'll get to see some more hate build for this uh, this new rivalry against the the Blues. I'm I'm excited for it. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I hate them already. Yeah, we're in the playoffs. We made it. Let's go. Okay, let's go.